This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to helping you become a savvier marketing leader no matter your level. In each episode, we will dive into a relevant topic or challenge that marketing leaders are currently facing. We will also give you practical tools and applications that will help you put what you learn into practice today. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We put worksheets on our website that summarize the key points. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to pull back the curtain for all of you listeners and go behind the scenes on what it takes to develop, create, and produce a podcast. It's hard to believe we are entering our third year now of podcasting. I know, it's crazy, right? And we continue to find it to be an interesting point of discussion for most people. Not to mention we often get the question of, what it takes to podcast or how do you know you're ready to give it a shot or why do you keep doing it with this longevity of where we are today all of which we will get into answering today in our discussion yeah and i will say that looking back on our journey it is an iterative process, right? I think we yeah. listened back to some of our earlier episodes, our first episodes, which happened actually to be some of our most popular episodes, and we kind of cringe a little bit. A little bit. And yep. we like to say that we've uh, we've improved by listening to you guys' feedback, refining the process, uh, really listening to what drives value, all of those things. So keep that in mind as we talk about this, that it is an iterative process. It is a journey. But these are going to be some of the nuts and bolts that are going to really help you to get started and then to learn on your journey. Exactly. And so that is a good segue because today we're bringing on a guest to discuss this topic, and that is Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer of Max Podcasting and our podcast producer. So you are really getting a peek behind the scenes with us. And we're going to admit right now that we we geeked out a little before we started this. It's a little odd to have Max on and also be talking to Max as the producer, but here we go. Hi, Max. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience today? Sure. Hey, April and Anne, and you don't have to use that disclaimer. I think it's always odd having me on a podcast. So sorry in advance for anything that comes out of it. But um, first of all, first and foremost, I'm super excited. This is the All Ohio podcast because we've got Cincy, we've got my Cleveland roots. So Ohio across the board, it sometimes happens on your podcast. But uh, super honored, excited to be here. Uh, Your podcast is always one of my favorites to work on quote unquote behind the scenes. And so it's a it's a real dream coming on here. And uh, as you mentioned, I'm the founder and podcast producer of Max Podcasting. So I have my podcast production business. Uh, I've, I'm the host of the Wild Business Growth Podcast where I interview creative entrepreneurs every Wednesday. And I have the podcasting to the Max newsletter, which combines podcasting, entrepreneurship, and puns slash dad jokes. Um, so again, <laughs> ap- apologies in advance for everything, but uh, really excited to, to chat all things podcasting and beyond with you two today. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you. So right back at you. With that, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of podcasting. So to build off of the intro, and we said the questions that we get asked are some of the ones we're going to discuss anyway today. One of the most frequently asked questions is how do you know when you're ready to give podcasting a go? So as a producer, we'd love to kick this one over to you, Max, and just have you give your commentary based on the breadth of folks that you work with. You know, any medium has changed over the years. And it's funny because podcasting is, I mean, two decades old, not even two decades old. So in the grand schemes, the grand schemes, the grand scheme of media, it is such a young medium. And while there's always new ideas about like what it means to podcast, like whether you video, things like that, the truth of the, of podcasting is that, and why I think it's just the most fascinating medium in the world is that 
it is such an incredible form of storytelling as well as connection with your audience because what other medium is there that allows whatever messaging or storytelling you want to get across allows that to literally be in the ears of your listeners of your audience and so it's really really cool i mean the first time that i was exposed to a podcast was uh shout out road tripping cleveland Cavs podcast uh, at the time now it's kind of general <laughs> nba but it was the first time i had heard nba players talking kind of uncensored whatever they wanted to and it felt like you were just sitting there in the locker room or in the hotel with them and i had never experienced anything like that and then soon after that uh you know, of course, discover business podcasts and realize how much you can learn from business podcasts like that. But I think if you are intrigued by the idea of podcasting, it's probably because uh, you think it would be a lot of fun and a really, really cool way to open doors. And it's incredible from a, a networking tool, as you two know, and, and, and as I learned really quickly with my podcast. So you never know what a podcast interview can turn to as far as opening doors for you know how you can work with somebody, whether it be potential new clients, or maybe just the messaging that you have in that podcast might just get into the ears of someone who uh, needs a little boost or pick me up or is looking for a little you know trick that they can impact back to their business or ways that they can grow and, and, and we can all grow together. So it's, it's a really, uh, it's a really powerful medium. And I think the barriers to entry are way lower than some of the other mediums out there. Yeah, and I think if for a lot of folks who say like long form content is dead, all I have to do is like point to podcasts, right? And <laughs> right. say, uh, not so much, but it is a, a little bit of a labor of love because it, it, it does kind of create some extra pressure to fill space meaningfully, right? And to make sure you're adding value, which is why some podcasts are 10 minutes and some podcasts can be like a couple of hours. So there is a wide varied opportunities for how to actually podcast if you so choose. And I wonder if you could kind of talk about a little bit about that. Like what is like some of the differences you see in, in the way that people are actually bringing podcasting to life nowadays? Because there's also external, internal, different timeframes, different topics, there's themes, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and to your point on long form, one of the things that's so fascinating about podcasting is the fact that, like, yes, yeah, some of these episodes can get really long. Like, some some of the biggest name podcasts out there are literally like two, three hours long, four hours long. Some of these things are crazy, but one, it's on demand, so people can pause and pick back up whenever they want. It's not like you have to sit there, you know, block out my schedule. I need to listen to a five hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> but also, you can do other things while you learn and while you're entertained as well as you know being educated on something got all the ease there <laughs> but th that's one of my favorite parts about the medium is that you know i can be working out or going for a walk or doing the dishes or cleaning or even working depending if it's a more kind of like mundane task and which is not your guys podcast by the way but, oh, okay, uh, caveat. Yeah. yeah could you could you imagine if i was like listening to other episodes while editing that i mean that would just be impossible but anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> you could do a number of those things commuting while still listening and learning and having a blast with it. So it's it's such a clever medium. Uh, in terms of different formats and ways that you can podcast, I mean, there's so many different ways. So you two and I, I know we, if that's a proper saying, you two and I, we all love the we love the format of interview. Interview format is really, really great from a networking standpoint. And as you know, as the host, Yes, it helps to plan some things in advance, but also once you get into it, it can be more of a natural conversation. And so it's actually 
there's a little bit of groundwork, but actually once you're in the actual recording session, it's way easier to do an interview podcast than to do something that's totally scripted or totally just a solo podcast like that, which lends me to another form, solo podcast. So solo podcasts, uh, you can do it a number of different ways, but one of the key things about solo podcasts is that it's really, really great from an influence standpoint. So if you want to focus on thought leadership, which I know that you guys have had a recent episode that focuses on that. If you want to focus on thought leadership, really make a name for yourself in industry and, and be like a, a quote unquote top voice to steal something from LinkedIn uh, in a certain space, then solo podcasts are a fantastic way to go. Or there's narrative podcasts as well. I mean, we see this more in like true crime or fiction podcasts where there's a lot more sound effects and it's almost like it almost sounds like you're listening to a play or like a, a thriller or, you know, a serial drama, something that you'd watch, like a crime show you'd watch on TV. That's like a slow burn documentary. And there are those sound effects. There are, you know, there could be many voices that are spliced in throughout the podcast. So there's a million different ways to do it. And that's one of the fun questions to think about when you are when you do want to start a podcast is what's the right format for me? You know, do I want to co-host? Uh, do I want to have guests at all? Uh, do I want to have guests all the time? So those are the really, really fun things to think about. And it, it kind of comes down to what's feasible for you as well as what do you want to achieve with the podcast? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because when you first start to think through all the things you just talked about, I feel like that can be a point of overwhelm for people. Um, of like, okay, I want to do it, but now what am I going to go and actually do and what genre am I going to be or, you know, my word for what we just talked about, um, or do I want to do it with someone else or am I going to do interviews and all those things? And I think that when we set out to do this, doing that part of the homework makes it a whole lot easier than when you go to actually start doing it because you have the positioning just like right. anything else of what you are trying to achieve. So... On marketing smarts, we say we're trying to break down the barriers and, you know, open the black box and really help people be able to understand marketing and brand and then actually go and do something about it afterward. But when we talked about the why of doing it, we started this podcast when we were in COVID. And to your point about right. thought leadership, we were a little bit bored, <laughs> doing a whole lot of talking to ourselves, right? Trying to build our business. And trying to build our business, which we yeah. started right as COVID hit, which was great timing. <laughs> Impeccable timing. Yeah, yeah right. right. But what we really wanted to do was bring marketing to the masses and also bring our personal passion of being able to teach and educate and help bring people along. And yes, of course, like you said, Max, it's a way that we promote our business. It builds new connections. It's really easy to say, hey, you know what? Before we do that RFP, go listen to this episode because by now we have a couple hundred and mm -hmm. we have an episode on pretty much everything we do as it relates to business. And so all of that's really important. But I I think what really allowed us to press the go button and get over the hump was when we landed on this is why we want to go and do this and this is what we want it to deliver for our audience and then that kind of just I felt like opened the floodgates for yeah. us to be able to be like okay and we can do an episode on this and one on this and one on this and then afterward came the structure and you, as you know Max we're really really uh, stubborn about the structure and we've changed it over time and through yeah. feedback like you said in the beginning but in order to make it meaningful, that's important. But I do think that was when we got over that hump was the like, why, our why, and then who are we delivering it to? Why is a fantastic place to start. Like, I know you hear it all the time in the business world, but, you know, we, I, I think we, if we go back to 
our first call when you guys were potential clients at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, I think probably one of the first things we talked about was I asked you, what are your goals with the podcast or what do you want to achieve with it? And that's what I do with every new client and new potential client is starting with the goals because it does, to your point, and, and with the why, it needs to all tie back to whatever your initial goals are for the podcast. Because if not, then you're going down a, you know, a, a, a very long and time consuming path that may still be fun, but might not achieve your goals. And at that point, it, it becomes more of a hobby than a, a tool for your business. So you have to be very careful with it right up front. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned goals because goals for podcasting vary a ton. Like you didn't mm-hmm. hear me in April say, well, I mean, we'd like to have the most popular podcast ever on the face of the planet. I, I think but... I did hear you say that, actually. Yeah, we might, we might have actually <laughs> okay. said that. Um, we might have said that in that initial call. Yeah, yeah. we probably did. <laughs> no, no. And we still do, to be totally honest. But as we've learned throughout the journey is that it's not necessarily the most critical KPI in order to justify the podcast. Right. So as we said before, it's, it's the networking. It's, it's, it allows us to have intros to people too, mm-hmm. right? It helps us to build our bench. It helps us to justify that we are experts in the areas that we're talking about. It does all these other things besides have like massive amount of listenership, which is important. And it makes, you know, you feel good from an ego standpoint, but it's not our why by why we do this on a regular basis. It's for all the other reasons. And now that's like even that's just from an external standpoint, because now that we'll be talking to a lot of our uh, business leaders about is internal podcasting, which I think is becoming a really, really important format because all of our businesses now, especially with having still a lot of hybrid environments, having uh, folks who are not in the central location of the offices, but maybe working not just remote, but in different offices across um, the world, or they're working at different time zones. It's hard to bring everybody together to hear what's going on, right? Or what the state of the business is, or to get some of that face time with the leadership. This provides a little bit of an opportunity to have that always on relationship with people that they can hear it, as we said, in a flexible environment for them. So it's becoming a really great way of having regular connects, regular touch points. So you don't know, you're not waiting for that quarterly meeting or that, that quote unquote, like big production style uh, town halls and, and those sorts of things where we kind of wait in anxious anticipation and then we find they're kind of like want want at the end of the mm-hmm. day anyway. So it does provide the, that opportunity for leadership to have those connections with their, their folks and their employees and everybody have the opportunity to hear all that at the same time. So, and that's a different objective mm-hmm. and a different goal um, and driven more by efficiency and connection than I'm, like, I, I'm hoping to have like a gazillion listeners download this podcast episode. <laughs> right, right. And I think gazillion is a goal for many, but uh, <laughs> the... It's my theoretical number, my stretch goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard bazillion, gazillion. That, first of all, quick note on downloads because this is always a big question people have with podcasting and i think uh, spoiler alert and also disappointing for many is that i I think you will always be proud of the number of downloads you have no matter how much it is but you will also always be disappointed by downloads and i think people even (laughs) i think people always you know even the top shows out there that are like i mean look at like tim ferris for example so like he and maybe by the time this comes out he'll pass it but like he's approaching one billion downloads which is I mean, just sit there and start counting to a billion. That will show you how big a billion is. But, uh, like, I'm sure Tim Ferriss wishes he has more downloads. 
And like that's, you know, <laughs> you're getting to one eighth of the population of the world or whatever. People, you're always going to be disappointed by how much you have because it's like a, just a natural human thing is that we always want to reach more people. We always want to see those numbers grow wherever there's metrics. But also when you take a look at it, even if you're somebody who thinks you have quote unquote small downloads, this is not like just, you know, posting something on social media or like a paid social media post where it's just, oh, it technically went across someone's screen and bam, oh, that's an impression. Podcast downloads or when somebody listens or, you know, quote unquote downloads your podcast, when somebody is taking the time to actually like carve out time to list, maybe while doing something else, but carving out time to listen to your messaging and like you're literally in their head, in their ears, that's a way greater commitment uh, than some of the other forms of online media that we're used to. So it's it's way more impactful. And, and yes, the numbers are often going to be smaller than you might expect initially, but they do always grow over time and also so many podcasts are evergreen so that will continue to grow and grow so that that was my aside part one on downloads because that always comes up <laughs> but um and and i think you make great points on internal podcasting it's definitely a big part of podcasts that are growing and the key word that you said which is spot on and that's like asterisk 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 which is tough to say connection it's all about connection and i think I mean, when you're part of an organization and you want to hear from your leadership, you want there to be some sort of connection there. Like you want to relate to these people. You want <laughs> these people. I'm sure you just call them that. Yeah, you, you want to relate to <laughs> you. You want to relate to the leaders. You want to know what's actually happening with the company. You want to, you know, feel that excitement and, and momentum and morale there. And a podcast is a phenomenal way to do that from a connection standpoint. Because when you do listen to a podcast, you have a much greater feel for an understanding of whoever's talking at the moment. So going to get really meta here. But for those of you that are listening to this conversation right now, it might feel like, you know, we're sitting in there, there in the room with you, or actually the, a better analogy is you might feel like a fly on the wall for our conversation between Anne, April and myself uh, and, and me, myself and Irene as well. While we're <laughs> at it. So it's, a way better way of getting an understanding for what's going on as well as the personalities of the people that are, you know, quote unquote in charge or leadership there. And it actually ties to one of my favorite ways to prepare for interviewing guests is actually to listen to them as guests on other podcasts. Yep. And it mm -hmm. hands down is the best way to prepare because, or their own podcast if they have one, it's a hand, hands down the best way to prepare because you get such a good feel of who they are their personality, their sense of humor, hopefully they have one, <laughs> how many puns and dad jokes they use, but as well as like, what are the things that they really love to talk about? And also, you know, fun facts that come up just naturally on in their interview appearances about really cool things about their background that you might want to explore. So that ties back to internal podcasting as well. But that connection there is always a huge part of podcasting. And again, we're going to add this to the list of Max's favorite parts of podcasting. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think um, everything you said really resonates. And I, I think that it is interesting for people on that like very, very human connection point, because going back to the point about downloads, and this was hard for us to swallow in the beginning too. It's like, oh, we're spending all this time and effort and whatever, and the numbers aren't growing, even though everyone told us the numbers don't grow like that. You know, like you get caught in the analytics, which is the less human side of things. But as you were talking, I was thinking about a couple things. One is I was actually at a happy hour last night, and it was interesting because one of the people listens to the podcast. 
And so he mm-hmm. said something to me about, I feel like I, I hear from you all the time. And I didn't understand at first what he was talking about. And then I was putting, I, he was like, yeah, I like listening when I'm listening. And I'm like, oh, like I'm like a regular, to your point, <laughs> I'm like a regular person in his life, but I haven't seen him in the months. Voice in his ear. Like, yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, is that some of our most avid listeners who are people that are close to us love listening because they're here, they're listening for things that where they were part of those situations, right? Yeah. Or like, they're kind of uh, like... Yeah guessing like oh was i part of this one do i know this one like what are they going to talk about today is it going to be one of the agencies we worked out together you know so i do think it is in some ways it's the opposite of what we talked about about like making new connections and whatever but it's like you become a personality and i actually find those things those more qualitative one-off type of things more um reaffirming and encouraging and they get my energy up because i feel like we're fulfilling something that is more nebulous when you think about it from a metric standpoint but it is that sort of nuance of what you're delivering when you choose to do a podcast and be in people's ear like you said or have them be part of the conversation in the room as a fly on the wall well first of all I'm jealous I wasn't at the happy hour, so thanks for the invite. But <laughs> I wasn't either, Max, so if that makes you feel any better. You, you, you know what? Anne and I are going to have our own happy hour somewhere. That's right. you know, probably in Cleveland. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but, I, I'm not uh, going to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? I got I to jump off, guys. But uh, So that is true, and congrats on that, both of you, but especially you, April, on the happy hour. There is like the we got to come up with a name for that. I, I guess the term personality use is is a good one, but there's something like out there where when you do encounter loyal listeners of your podcast and anybody in your audience, there's like a an extra sense of familiarity with you. It's it almost is like you have been hanging out together even if you haven't seen them in person in a while, and I think that's a really really nice thing. And it, and it all goes back to connection and that's a really, really important part of your, it sounds funny to say it, but like your fan base or of your audience is the, like, it always starts off with a new podcast. Vast majority of people who tune in will be your family and friends. And then kind of grows out from there as they, you know, your family and friends hopefully refer it to people that are their family and friends and people in their network and can grow from there. And then of course, everybody wants to continue to get new listeners as well, people that you didn't even know before you started the podcast. So that's kind of like the natural trend there. But what's really, really cool is your family and friends, those who love the podcast and those who, you know, you mean the most to, they will always be a big part of your audience. Like they will always be you know, rallying for you and tuning in every week. And now like for, for my podcast, like all of my wife, Dana's family listens to it. Like some of our most diehard fans is like uh, <laughs> my, my mother-in-law, Cheryl, and my, and my, and my grandmother-in-law, Rosalie, and like literally are like the first ones to listen every Wednesday morning. So it's like, it kind of, it's kind of funny how it, how it grows it's on from their there. Calendar. But yeah, exa- exactly. But it also adds something fun to talk about with family and friends and like, you just never know, like some episodes you think are going to be the favorites and some you think are like you're maybe not quite as excited about. And then you'll hear feedback, especially from family and friends of like, oh, my God, I love that episode. Or like, I cannot believe that guest said that or like said that to you or, or something like that. So it's a really important talking point. But even as you attract new people and grow your audience from that perspective, it's really important to 
to focus and be grateful for your family and friends that tune in as well, because there's also family members and friends that won't care about listening at all. And that's also okay because, you know, you can't just shove content down their throat. So <laughs> you got, you, you got to be grateful. You have asked for it. And now it's here. The brand strategy workbook, three insider secrets to build a powerful B2B brand to transform you from a commodity into a market leader. This strategy has been tried and tested on 20 plus industries over a combined 40 plus years of experience. Do you want to stand out in your industry and get more sales? Show you're different to attract and retain top talent? Build a brand that drives real business results? Then go to forthright-people.com forward slash brand strategy and get started now. Well, okay. So if we think about, I'm sort of flipping it on its head, like we've gotten into a lot of like why we do it and mm-hmm. what, you know, what we're trying to achieve and the different types of podcasts you could be doing. But I said the thing about what got us over the hump. I would love to know what kind of excuses you get from people or I'm sure you get a lot of like, well, we think we might want to do this, but <laughs> like what holds people back? Because I have a feeling that the listeners will be nodding along uh, if they've even considered a podcast at all about what is in their head. So anyway, thoughts there. And that could be interpreted two different ways. So hopefully nodding along is like the yes, nah, not the like nodding to sleep. Yeah. So <laughs> be that as it will, or as you may, whatever that saying is, but excuses. Yeah, of course I've heard all of them in the book. I, I hands down the biggest roadblock holding people up to get started or continue podcasting is of course time. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. As you know, as I know, as anybody who has recorded even a single podcast knows, it is very time consuming, not just the recording, you know, the recording typically you can do in an hour or less or even shorter. But if you are doing the editing or you're doing the marketing, which of course, once you start it, you're going to want to market it as well, as well as the sourcing of guests, as well as how do you integrate this with your website, all these different things. What sounds like a polished finished product of an hour or less conversation that's, you know, if you do it right, is great quality. Shout out Max Podcasting. <laughs> actually, actually takes many, many hours every week in order to put together. And, and you two know this better than anybody. So if you if you do have the luxury to work with, I'm not saying just Max Podcast, but any, any podcast producer or hire any sort of help, whether that be freelancer or full-time, to take especially editing off your plate as well as any marketing elements or help with recording anything like that anything in that ballpark can be a huge help in getting you over the hump because it does as you know it saves so much time so time's a huge thing cost holds some people up but it depends on your budget Uh, i'll go back to what i said at the start that the barriers to entry are very low compared to other mediums like you can spend maybe a few hundred bucks on equipment maybe less and have an awesome sounding podcast where if you're going to start like a fully polished YouTube show or mm-hmm. a TV show anything or with video, anything, anything in, in person. Yeah, exactly. Like it can get really expensive really quick. So costs isn't as big of a concern, but it can be when you when you aren't familiar with what the costs are. But I'm telling you, you can do a lot in a few hundred bucks or less in order to get over the hump from that standpoint. And then another big one I would say that people kind of waffle on a lot is just fear and confidence. And it goes back to public speaking of like, how am I going to 
put myself out there, like what happens when I put myself out there? And I, and I know you two speak about this a lot, especially with forthright, especially with forthright women, if I can pronounce it correctly. <laughs> and having the confidence to put yourself out there and having the confidence to kind of put your stake on the ground on certain things and being okay with the consequences. And in the podcasting world, you know, the hardest thing is putting your first episode out there because that's when you kind of break the surface water surface tension, whatever that's called. But the key there is that once you do put it out there, you realize how fun it is, how many doors it can open, the benefits of it, and that you might just really enjoy it. And if you are someone who enjoys podcasting, then you want to keep recording and keep interviewing people and you want to keep it going. And, and it becomes a big fixture, a big part of your life. And so I think when I think back to the early days of the Wild Business Growth Podcast, like the negative days of the Wild Business Growth Podcast, like before I launched our first episodes, even of that, the thing that got me to like fully get over the hump and finally put it out there was to plan, plan out what the podcast was about, of course, buy equipment, like buying that microphone actually makes a huge difference because now you have it in front of you, like you can do some test recordings, you can start to get familiar with it. And then once you start recording, start editing, pick an actual launch date and stick to it, do the things in advance to make sure you launch and just get it out there. Like there's no, there's no benefit once you have things ready from a quality standpoint and from a planning standpoint, there's no benefit of just delaying and delaying and delaying, like just get it out there. These things are evergreen. So even if you're not super happy with the first episode, it's kind of cool because you can look back years later and be like, oh my God, look how far we've grown as a podcast and, and as a podcast host. So that's a really, really cool thing. But also, also a side benefit of podcasting is it helps you because become so much better. I'm a terrible example of this because I stumble over my words all the time, but <laughs> it helps you become so much better at communications and gives you the confidence to do public yeah, speaking. Mm-hmm. And, I agree with that. Yep. You establish your authority in the space and it can turn into speaking gigs or hosting gigs outside of even what you thought possible. So it's a it's a great way to work on your communication skills as well. And you hear how often you say um and how to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you you kind of answered, you know, two of the things is like, what, what does it take to get over it? And then what to do about it? And we hear the same sort of questions. And we also have see the same barriers just on people's faces when they ask us. And so the time thing, I think the misconception that's out there is that you must record an episode every week and go through the process of editing and doing all the things for that episode before you move to the next one. And so one of the things we tell people immediately is, yeah, that would make us go crazy and we will never do it that way. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so when we explain to people that we have a very specific process and it's like we do certain things for the podcast every week, but it's not that way because that would be wildly inefficient for us. And so when I say things like, you know, we prepare four episodes and then we go and we record back to back afternoons, two episodes an afternoon, and then it goes to you and you take the first swipe at editing. And then we listen back to each episode and then, you know, every Tuesday one goes live, but we essentially always have about four in the can or in the works, right? It's like you can see the relief on people's face of like, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, that makes a ton of sense. I totally understand how that would work, right? Yeah. So I think that that's one of the misnomers probably that people have in their head of like that it has to happen, you know, and then I remind people like, also, by the way, it's not live. 
So one of the pieces of advice, and mm -hmm. I think it came from you again, we, you know, before we were your client about one of the best things you can do is just keep talking and that you can edit it then. Right. And so I think what we, it was great that we had that advice right off the bat, but then also it was like, when I would keep that in my head, I'm like, even if I'm meandering in my thoughts or, um, if I stop talking, I'm not giving the producer or if I'm producing myself anything to work with. Whereas if you can just work through your thoughts, that's where I do think you get better and better. And then just to emphasize the point you made about how good it makes you at communicating. I mean, I have always loved standing up in front of people and talking and, you know, I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from other people, but I'm startled sometimes about the like fluidity and articulate nature of what comes out of my mouth as a result of, and I'm totally like, that sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but it's more that like, <laughs> I pride myself on being able to do that. And I've always considered that a skill, but it happens so naturally now to the point that you made where I don't feel like there's any question that someone could ask me, especially business related, that I wouldn't be able to come up with an answer for quickly. And it's because we spend so much time from a thought leadership perspective, thinking about what we want to say on this podcast and the topics we want, and then practicing it by doing the recordings mm -hmm. every single month. I mean, it just, it makes all of that so much easier and it just makes you infinitely better, I think. And I have to pat you two on the back as well. This is a, a pat off. <laughs> you two are some of the best I've ever seen at batching recordings. And, and you, in your example, you show you can feel that relief as you talked about it is so much easier to do a weekly or multiple times a week podcast when you know that you're only recording one time a month i mean that, that, yeah. that's incredible yeah. and so so you two are so good at that you, you you plan it you plan your scheduling that way you have that all buttoned up so that's a huge help i like many uh, and 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 the person the figurative person in your example when I first started hearing about weekly podcasts, I thought, oh, you interview somebody every week and, oh man, sometimes you write, need to find somebody like last minute, squeeze them in on Friday, do a recording there, and then you have next week's episode. And if you are finding somebody every week and recording every week and don't have any wiggle room there, that is one of the only things that makes podcasting really stressful. And so the more that you plan out in advance, so you guys are great with being, you know, a month or two ahead on recordings. I'm the same way with my podcast now. Like I kind of think the sweet spot is be like six weeks to two months ahead. Like if you can stay kind of in that ballpark, one month ahead is great too. But if you can, if you can be in that ballpark, then it makes it so much less stressful to put out consistent content because you're not scaring to find people. And as you know, especially over the past few years, like it has become more common for people to postpone or to cancel interviews just because everybody's got so much going on and more and more online meetings that, and, and you never know what can come up in personal lives as well, but you just need to have some sort of wiggle room there in case there are cancellations. And also you can, prioritize the episodes and choose the order you want so it makes sense you know this episode comes after this one or if you do like my podcast like i never want to have two episodes back to back that are like way too close to each other so i appreciate and know my listeners really appreciate that variety so like it might be people in two different like totally different fields that have nothing to do with each other that i'll throw back to back to keep it interesting so um it's a phenomenal point so there's your you're back padding. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we certainly appreciate that because you know we like to be our the star pupils, of course. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, <laughs> we were all a, always A students. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go back to um, uh, something that you said. It said she gave me props on connection. I'll give you props on simple. Um, because I feel like if anybody who's trying to debate where to start or how to start, I'll go back to the fact that just keep it as simple as possible. Ordering the equipment is simple and, you know, Max can give you the whole set of what to order and you can have it all set up in like two seconds. The only other thing that you need. Wait, wait, we're, we're not promising two seconds here. A little, <laughs> like, you know, I think legal counsel is chiming in, like, let's, let's cut that. But So I'll super that with like two seconds plus maybe like a little bit of additional time. <laughs> or a slight exaggeration of hyperbole, but it could be set up quickly. And so that's not a barrier. So that's simple. But what, even before you get to that point, one of the big questions you have to make, which is why Max keeps referring to the fact of before we were a client, before we were a client is you have to decide where you want to do your podcast record. Oh so, yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that was a big thing for us because we wanted to keep it again, as simple as possible. So even when we started a couple years ago, People were still trying to figure this out, especially um, in a more virtual kind of setting. Mm -hmm. So as we talked to, I mean, talked to you, Max, I mean, we're like, yes, this guy absolutely knows what he's doing, but we didn't feel confident in ourselves to be able to do a hold up on our end to make your job easy. So we're like, hey, to make it easy on, on us, we're going to go and we're going to do this in a studio to begin with, right? And we're in the studio managed all of that on our behalf. Now, when you have like very professional producers, like you've become Max, you have somebody who can actually do it all for you. So mm -hmm. like, if you're gonna start from the very beginning, you help people walk through, hey, what is this thing gonna be about? Let's write up your description. Let, I have somebody who can do the art for it. I have like, you know, you have the whole team can make this happen for you. And all you just have to say as the client is like, Yes, 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 yes. I want to do all these coins, these things, and you give them to me, and it kind of comes to you in a package. Now, I will say on us that you know when we initially came to you, it was like one price, and then we came back like a year later, and it was a different price. But you know, <laughs> I, I see how that goes. So, but with that being said, it's a very economical approach for us not to have to do it ourselves because you do it so much more efficiently, you do it with a better ear, you're in the equipment, you know how to do all those edits. If we were gonna do it ourselves, it would be the only thing we do, right? We would only be doing our podcast. And most of us who are gonna be doing podcasting are business owners, we're employees, we do other things besides that. So my like suggestion when to pull all that through from a theme standpoint is to keep it as simple on yourself as possible and use the team and the people at your disposal in order to put this together for you so that you can focus on the content, you can focus on your delivery, you can focus how you want it to feel, all those important things that are you focused versus I need to edit it. Now I need to figure out how to like put it and download it onto a system so other people can hear it and all those sorts of things. And what you alluded to with the the pricing changes, the the market reflection. Uh, that was all he heard. Dude. That, I heard I nothing else. Nothing else. I just kind of. Yeah. Sorry. Did you just say something? Yeah. Right, exactly. No, but that that was actually a great mini case study on probably what, what you and your clients see all the time. Every business owner prices himself too cheaply at first <laughs> so, that, so that off so that so that often happens with the new business but simplicity is super important and if you do work with any sort of a 
production team or editing team or you know somebody that helps you out at the start. I think one of the really cool things and one of the ways that I love to work as well is that it it can still be fluid. Like you can change how you work together over time. So obviously with working, you know, if if you are someone launching a podcast, like on our end, like I'm a brainstorming coach for you at the start and, and continued whenever, you know, you, you want help along, but I can help you get started with like creating a podcast from scratch and actually getting it out into the world. And then we become more of an editing partner and marketing partner as that goes on. But we also, and with our partnership, we've done this as well. You can try out what you're liking, what you're not liking, where you want help, where you don't want help. So like there's different marketing elements. So like maybe you want audiograms, maybe you don't want audiograms. Maybe uh, you want social copy ideas for LinkedIn. Maybe you need help with writing the episode summaries or maybe there's somebody on your team that does that already. Or maybe you, you know, if you're someone who's getting to the video side as well, like maybe you want clips for that, maybe you want full video, things like that. So you can change that over time and tweak that over time. And and again, you two have done a phenomenal job over time of seeing what ways can we tweak the podcast? What ways can we repurpose so much of this awesome content we have already? And where can Max help with this? Or where do we have it covered on our end? And so that can change over time. And I think that's like a, a, an awesome Thing to have open communication with with your production team whoever's running that is you know kind of talking through that whole menu of where do we need help where do we not need help where might we need help in the future mm -hmm. yeah i think it makes a ton of sense and, and i mean when we made that decision to go in the studio in the first place to the simplification comment we knew that this was uncharted territory for us we'd both been on some podcast episodes mm -hmm. we also we're basically making this our single marketing channel for ourselves at that point in time. And it was our biggest investment at that point in time. And so there was everything from like the logistics to the fact that I was living in a condo downtown next to a firehouse. So that wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, who isn't though? Yeah, right. <laughs> to the fact that we just didn't even feel like we could manage the equipment because we couldn't yet manage ourselves and the back and forth conversation and the tone and all the things we wanted to set. And I think the other part about what you said and the iterative nature of it, and Anne, you talked about getting better over time, it became very clear to us. I remember like leaving the recording booth and looking at each other and saying, we don't need to do that anymore. We're over a yeah. hundred episodes in, we're ready for max. Yeah. And so I think that that is really important as well is, you know, do what you have to do on the front end. Also know that there are, like you said, so many things you can take and tweak and change over time. I mean, I used to do all of our audiograms and we decided those weren't really getting as much quote unquote press anymore and we needed to figure out something else. And also, as we said in the well, very let's beginning- let's just make sure we're clear that you did the audiograms because you wanted to control over what it looked like and what it sounded like. That's fair. That, that was true at that point in time. <laughs> and I tried to do the audiogram and I was quickly told that was not my lane. That's true. That did happen. Anne is out to get everyone today. She yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. She's the contrarian. I'm getting my air. She did this yesterday since we, pulled, <laughs> since we pulled back the curtain. She did this yesterday oh, too. Yes. Yesterday I'm all was about pulling back the curtain lately. The, <laughs> yeah. She was the contrarian on life. Is as, getting real. As you will see, Max, when you get into our episodes from yesterday, she was the contrarian on that one too. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, I do think that when you settle in and you become more comfortable, 
it becomes easier to be more flexible, which then mm-hmm. saves you time and costs and all of those things. I mean, now to the point you made max about being out in front of things and also if somebody cancels, we can move the dates. Now we like to stay to our schedule, especially we meaning the I in that in this duo. And I think it's important um, to mention <laughs> that we actually do have a schedule. So we yeah. do schedule our guests according to our schedule, not according to their schedule yes. generally. Yeah. Yes. But if somebody, you know, taps out, we had this last month with recording, we've now started building or reintroducing many of our episodes as quote unquote classics, which Max, you were pushing us for a long time to figure out other ways because we have so many episodes and so much content. And we started hearing that from lots of people around us of like, but people don't catch it on the first time. And like you said, with the downloads, you know, we had one that sparked all kinds of conversation in my network. It's over a year old and we relaunched mm-hmm, it. And mm-hmm. now all the things we've talked about today, it re-engaged that guest. I saw him last night, actually. Yeah, at the happy hour. At the happy hour, <laughs> back to the happy hour. Who, who I wasn't at this happy hour? I shouldn't have brought this back I know, back up. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> but then, you know, someone in my network reached out and said, hey, I have some potential guests and I think we could look at this conversation in different ways and that caused he and I to, you know, so here's the type of things that start to happen. But... A lot of that has to do with the fact that we're comfortable. I could generally talk all day on any day. Um, yeah, amen to that. <laughs> but we, we're now good with not having to control everything, right? So we're in the basement at my house now. We had you do all the things you just said, help set us up, help us with buying the right equipment. Sometimes there's some sound stuff that we start to hear and you can say, oh, I think you, this setting got turned mm-hmm. off or those types of things. And we're not so quote unquote paranoid. I think that it's not going to turn out well because we've been doing it for so long. So anyway, I think that's just the overall point. Well, I think just to build on what you were saying too, I think it's important to start again, if you're going to keep it simple with a format that you feel the most comfortable with. Yeah. So me and April started initially with just us because the idea of trying to book guests was like very daunting. We're like, we don't even know how to do that. We don't even have us figured out yet and so it was a probably about a year before we even introduced guests i think mm-hmm. and then we regimented it based on a schedule based on batching so that we can control our own environment versus having people control ours and then something shifted around that time too where people started reaching out to us to be on our podcast mm-hmm. and so then we had a constant flow of people to choose from versus having to do the outreach all the time and now it's kind of like i would say 50 50 between the mm-hmm. people that we invite on and the people that outreach to us, you could guys can guess which one Max is. But um, <laughs> but I think, you know, it, it's there's no rule book, I guess, yeah. is what I'm getting at. And so if I was, again, just go back to the, the theme, it's like keep it as simple as you possibly can and then learn as you go and you will evolve it while you're on the journey versus feeling like it has to fit some sort of specific like guidebook that somebody's written that says this is how you produce a gazillion downloaded podcasts since I we like gazillion as being our goal. Well, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this podcast episode came from me being a surprise guest at the happy hour last night and April was like, oh, this would be an awesome idea. You got any time tomorrow? <laughs> no, I, I think uh, those are all great points. You two are a, a case study yourself of what's involved in recording with the co-host and then what's involved in recording with the co-host and a guest. Yeah. So you've kind of seen both sides of that. So like, I just out of curiosity would, would love to know like the biggest adjustment from your guys' standpoint once that came into the mix. But I think before that, a, a really important point that you mentioned there that helps out so much is that it is your schedule and that when you're sending times to guests, like 
you know that there's only you know one or two days a month that you're recording and you can do the same thing if you're using something like Calendly, like one of these online schedulers, like you could pick and choose when you're available. So if you send a link for guests to schedule, that's the only option they have for scheduling. So if they're recording with you this month, it has to be that time. And that's what you have to do to run like a really tight ship in order to batch and be ahead of the curve in terms of episodes like that, especially when you have two or three or more people involved. Uh, but, it, but I am curious, what has been the biggest adjustment from your two standpoint, if that's proper grammar, uh, when it comes to adding guests into the mix versus just when it was you two? Giving up control is always my problem. Yeah, I was going to say hitting you in the ribs when it's my turn to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, fair. So I think in the beginning, because the bigger theoretical question for us was we were building the podcast because we were trying to build our brand as a new brand at fourth rate right. people through the lens of marketing smarts. And so I think, yes, part of it was like, we've got to eliminate variables in the beginning, but part of it was also, there are things we really genuinely want to cover. And we also want to establish our voice in the way that we interact together and the fact that we are experts in our space and then subsequently becoming expert podcasters with the duration of time where we didn't have anybody. Bringing on guests, and you said it, with co-host and guest, the airtime becomes one of the tension points. And I will say that for me, the personal stress that would happen is if I felt like things were getting unwieldy, meaning either we weren't moving on to the next point, quote unquote, fast enough, or the episode was getting like very, very long and she's laughing at me because I'm the yeah, problem Yeah, because she's the one who talks all the time so we don't get to the next point. Yes. No, so but we did. It's very funny. <laughs> well, and, but I think when it came to the guests, it was more like, like you don't want to cut them off. Yeah. You don't want to step on their toes, but you want the show to maintain the integrity of what we're doing at Marketing Smarts. And we wanted to maintain our overall voice and expertise through that. And so there was a lot of a balancing act. And then for me personally, when I would recommend and bring on a guest, what I didn't anticipate that would cause immediate anxiety in the room is I come from the agency world. A lot of the folks that I'm tapping stand up like I do in front of rooms full of people with no mm -hmm. problem. You put the mic in front of them and some of the greatest ones I've ever worked with would freeze up at first. And so some of the conversation we've had today about it's not live. The greatest advice we can give you is to just keep talking. If you would like to restate it, say, hey, I want to restate. Now we say, hey, Max, we're going to re-say that or so-and-so guest is going to re-say that, right? But it is like it's another variable and it's a person. It's not even like a, a thing, right? So it, it's almost more than one variable at that point in time. And then the final thing I'll say, and then I will let Ann talk, is um, we've also done a couple episodes with four of us. Yeah. That came in again. Those same concerns came up again when we decided to tackle that because then again, it's the airtime and the balancing and making sure that we are the leaders in those discussions. Yeah, I echo all that. I'll get a little bit tactical. I mean, me and April, we script out our episodes. Doesn't mean we read off a script, but we script them out. And even in the very beginning, we would say, okay, you're leading this episode. Here's your section and here's, I'm going to build on it. This is my section and then you're going to build on it. And so we did it in a way to be able to balance how we were together to make sure that it wasn't one person monopolizing a conversation either way. 
as we've gotten a little bit more fluid, we have started to lighten that up a little bit. But even now that we brought on guests, when we did our four point format with the guests, we would still do the same thing. And but in that case, the person who was leading it was going to be the intro person and then the guests would respond and then the other person had a color commentary. So just think of, you know, your Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. So somebody would play Joe Buck, somebody would play Troy Aikman, and then the guests would be in there. So we did that for a while, but then when we realized that maybe our guest wasn't getting enough airtime, we switched it to more of the kind of the Q&A format, but we still have one person leading it. The guest responds, and then generally the other person kind of plays color commentary, and then the person who's leading it comes back in to drive it to the next point. So, but me and April also have like a sixth sense of when like we each have something to say or we don't have something to say, and we kind of look for each other's cues, and we look for the cues of our guests just to kind of see do they look like they have something to say versus are they ready to move on, um, or are they getting tired, or are they getting fatigued, and we mm-hmm. realize that in some cases our episodes were too long for some of our guests and they were getting fatigued so we cut out sections so it's a lot about that body language it's a lot about kind of recognizing the tone of your guests and if they're starting to say the same thing over and over again and then just kind of understanding the art of podcasting and interviewing technically which is to move on or to um, segue to something new in a new space so it, it is a practiced art really interviewing, but then also kind of understanding with somebody else who's going to take which part and being intentional in that so that it does feel like when somebody hears it, a conversation, like you said, like somebody's a fly on the wall having a conversation with three people versus just a back and forth with two. Of course, Anne finds a way to bring the Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman, into a conversation. <laughs> my favorite of all time, all time. Hey, my my dad actually as well. My dad's a big Cowboys fan. But anyway, well, I don't know who his favorite players. We could segue into a whole other sports podcast. I know April would love that. But yeah. you do know me well, Max. <laughs> I've edited an episode or two. But I appreciate you sharing that and being so candid, Candido. Uh yes, it's because right. it's really interesting when people when podcast hosts shift their format a little bit, it's always interesting hearing like what they like better, uh, what tweaks they made. But You made me think of something there in terms of like outlining or quote unquote scripting out some of the stuff from episodes that I think actually wedding planning actually helped me to this to crystallize for me. But, you know, everybody says with the wedding, like you stress for all these different details for the wedding and then the big night happens and, you know, you're so stressed out, like leading up, there's all these things you have to figure out with wedding planning. And then on the big night. Like if there's a minor detail that wasn't included or you didn't get to flesh out as much, like nobody's going to know. It's literally like just you who knows, you and your spouse, obviously. <laughs> but in podcasting, the same thing kind of applies to your outline where you and maybe your guest are the only ones that are going to know if you didn't get to you know that fifth or sixth point. Your audience isn't going to know that. And most of the time, it's not going to hurt the episode when you don't get to all those points. Now, obviously, you shouldn't spend 50 minutes of a 60-minute interview just talking about the guest bio. But like, <laughs> yeah, you should know you know, when to move on, when to pro more, when to move on to the next segments. Make sure you get those key segments in there. But it's okay if you don't get to everything you plan for. And, and most of the time, it might not even be you know, a meaningful tip for some of your audience. So it's okay. You, you don't need to stress about it too much. Well, I think it's important to understand, too, what do you want people to take away from an episode? And that's the whole point of the script mm-hmm. is like, we want to make sure that people understand this or they hear this or they uh, these tidbits are, are, are revealed because we 
feel like our episodes are always jam-packed full of value. And so if we're not adding value, and if it just feels like we're just like up here in the ether, just talking hypotheticals, we haven't done our job in delivering the value we think our podcast should and what our listeners expect. So that just helps you guide and make sure you're being honest about, hey, did I cover everything that my listenership feels like they would want to take out of this? And what would they want to know from this person we have on or the conversation that us two are having? And we do ask for feedback on a regular basis about those things. What do you guys like to hear more of? We heard people like more banter. They like Mm -hmm. our personal stories. They like the personal stories of the guests. And so those are the things that we make sure that we wrap in and we make sure are are front and center so that they can get that value. Otherwise, I mean, there's a lot of other marketing podcasts to listen to. So, I mean, we're playing that, that game of brand differentiation just like everybody else. On that note, how many points have we not gotten to today because your producer is too long-winded? Well, I was I was just actually you man, you stole my thunder. You stole my sorry, thunder. Sorry, sorry. I'm 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 too used to the hosting side. You, you got to like get me firmly in the hosting side. We hit them all in one in one format or another. Even if we didn't do it like here's the question, here's yeah. the answer. Well, so and I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to be the one now to stop the conversation as the lead and so because just you've been all the thunder here. as much in the last and, like, 5 minutes. So now she's taking it back. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, so peek behind the curtain, we have another guest in 13 minutes. Yep. So we are going to move to some rapid fire, which these are struggle for me too, Max, but you got to be got to be quick and concise, right? That's what Ann tells me anyway, yeah. and I, I fail every time. I'll keep it tight. Um, so try. to get to know you, although we've had plenty of banter here, so I think the guests can get a sense of you and what it would be like to work with you, but just for, you know, formatting sake, uh, favorite drink of choice since we had so much happy hour talk. I, I'm a huge craft beer fan. I, I always like beer, but over the past, I don't know, five, six years, craft beer especially. So I probably drink IPAs most of the time, but those Belgian golden ales, like Delirium Tremens is my favorite. Ooh, that's good stuff. All right, that's enough. Cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite sport to watch since you guys decided that was part of today's discussion? Definitely football. Huge 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 red zone fan watching it every sunday of course huge browns fan as well we don't we don't need to you know we talk rivalries here but um (laughs) fun fact really cool fun fact of the wild business growth podcast was i was able to interview scott hansen from nfl red zone for Mm. an episode so that's always one of the favorites super cool yeah all right favorite podcast other than this one which we know is one of your favorites Ooh, other and than and this yours, one, you, you can't list yours. Okay, I, I was, you almost you snuck it in there. You almost didn't roll out my podcast. <laughs> I'll give you two quickly. Overall, in terms of just like general learning and being inspired and like learning new tips and tricks and stuff, Tim Ferriss. I love oh, Tim yeah. Ferriss. So she the called Tim, it the Tim Ferriss show. Ah, yeah, you, you know me too well. Uh, so Tim Ferriss, and then it's just for, for like a pure fun sports one part of my take the guys from barstool they release three episodes a week and it's kind of for me and lots of my friends especially like it's a tradition like you're listening every monday wednesday friday morning to part of my take especially when your team wins it makes it extra fun but um so two very different uh personalities there so you have to listen to it more this year than you did last year <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> i appreciate that you're welcome <laughs> All right, so we will sum things up today by anything else you want the audience to know, um, anything we didn't cover, although we covered quite a lot. I feel like we could have like seven podcasting episodes and still not about be finished. Podcasting. About podcasting. But sure, final comments, bring us home, and then let people know where to find you to continue the conversation and hopefully become your clients and start their own podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you both so much. This has been awesome. This has been even cornier and wackier than I could have ever imagined. No, no, you, <laughs> you, you two are great and absolutely love working with you and um, huge fan of your podcast. So thanks again for thinking of me for this. And overall, podcasting kind of rules to live by. I would just say only keep doing it if you're having fun. Mm-hmm. And I Agreed. think that's where a lot of podcasters get into trouble is they pick a topic or they pick a style of podcast that they really aren't that passionate about. And that's where you see people get burned out after not that many episodes. So only keep doing it if you're having fun. And then in turn, if you're an interview podcast, which I don't know how this one worked for you guys today, but only interview people that you want to interview. So only have people on your show that you get really energized talking to because otherwise it's, you know, it starts to become, oh my God, I, you know, I, I've, so many meetings today and I got to talk to this person. No, only interview people that you want to. So that's my, that's my parting advice. And then if you want to learn anything more about me again, I don't know why you would, but the starting place for everything is maxpodcasting.com and all the links to the wild business growth podcast, the podcasting to the max newsletter, as well as all my social media accounts are on there. So maxpodcasting.com. And yes, there is a pun in the name because I couldn't resist, but thank you both so much. This was a treat. Awesome. Well, thank you, Max. And to all of our guests, we will say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.